everybody i am julia and this is julia and the joy of film and it's horrible outside it's really horrible but there are films inside and that makes me happy okay so let's get straight to film related news this one bit of news i'm not sure if it's true but it kind of made me laugh apparently a teacher in a tennessee school i guess it's like a high school so like young teenagers um showed pupils human centipede 2 to apparently teach them what to do to bullies which just sounds so crazy. If you haven't heard of Human Centipede and Human Centipede 2, I don't think you want to hear what they're about. I mean, I heard the synopsis for the first Human Centipede film and I was like, well done. Well done to the filmmakers. That has well and truly freaked me out. I do not need to see that film at all. Maybe I'll see it one day out of curiosity, but it is just so batshit mental. And I don't know why you would show it to young children. <laughs> but you know... Might be true, might not be true. I just thought it was a bit interesting. Another bit of news. This is actually old news, but I've only just heard about it because I'm getting a screener for it to review. There's a film called Bridgend, and it's actually about, if you've never heard of Place Bridgend, which you might not have, the only reason I probably know about it is because I live half an hour away from there. A few years ago, there were basically these mass suicides. These mass suicides actually sounds like a group of people committed suicide together. It wasn't. It was individual suicides of these teenagers. Lots of teenagers... Um, killing themselves one after the other and they never really kind of worked out the reason for it um and it's all still a bit raw and um someone's made a film about it a fictional film as well a danish company and it's a bit weird it hasn't actually been released over here and i'm not sure if anyone in wales would want to watch it anyway but it feels like we sort of have a right to um, I'll see what the film is like, but yeah, if you haven't heard about it then and you're interested, well, there's going to be a review coming out in a couple of weeks. Joey Kramer, who is in, um, you remember Flight of the Navigator, the little kid in Flight of the Navigator? That's such a good film. They get, they say they're going to remake it. I don't know why. Um, Joey Kramer robbed the bank. And people are like, oh, how these, you know, child actors fall. And it's like, you know, they're still not kids. You know, they didn't, they weren't like kids and they became corrupted by the system and they got into like bank robbery I mean I mean some people who were really big as child actors did really well with like you know when they sort of quit acting or retired from acting I mean the girl do you remember the teenage girl out of Jurassic Park I can't remember her name she never actually officially retired she is something like now in I don't know how you compete for these things but she's like the number one oil painter in Canada I don't know how you get to be the number one I suppose there's some kind of national competitions but um that's pretty cool. And like the little kid in Huck, he retired from uh, acting and he went off and was a lawyer instead. But I love the fact that always like, the thing is the 80s, all these child actors became massively messed up. That's what happens when fame gets to you, when you know, like the Justin Bieber effect, or the Justin has like turned around. That's another thing with um, musicians as well, or singers. They hit the early 20s and everyone's like, oh, they've gone completely mad. And it's like, no, they became a grown up. Um, what are the news? Ghostbusters 3 trailer is apparently the most disliked in history. The trailer is so bad. The film will be so bad. The manosphere seems to tell us. What the hell is wrong with those guys? I mean, seriously, we put out... I mean, all the films I loved as a kid, all blokes in them. I never complained because I loved those films. Back to the Future and the Goonies and Ghostbusters. But we won one friggin' film with some girls being Ghostbusters instead. And it's like, no, we've ruined everything. We women have got in there and ruined everything. And it's not because they're sexist. They're very keen to point this out, the Manosphere. It's not because they're sexist. It's just because of reasons. Reasons that they have made up. 
Anyway, moving on, we've got proper announcements. It sounds like Marvel are actually going to commit to a Black Widow film. I mean, they haven't actually kind of put a production date on it and got people on board to make it yet, but it seems like they're very keen, which is yay. Um, Gail Garcia Bernal is going to be in a reboot, another reboot of Zorro, which would actually be quite good, actually. I think Gail Garcia Bernal would be quite nice. It's going to be directed by Jonas Curon, who I haven't seen any of his stuff before. Apparently he wrote Gravity. Now why a bloke a year older than me, you know, he wrote Gravity, he's directing this big Zorro film. How does that happen? Does the name Curon sound familiar? I'm not saying it's all about nepotism. But there's a lot of blokes doing very well in the industry because they're either part of a family of great filmmakers or they're buddies with a great filmmaker. And it's a bit annoying. Not to say that he isn't a good filmmaker, but, you know, does kind of make you think and maybe be a bit bitter. Anyway, uh, Alicia Vikander is going to be Tomb Raider, which sounds great because the Tomb Raider films were never that good. Um, people kind of forget Angelina Jolie didn't make many great films. Um, I think they kind of get mixed up between like her charity work and her acting. Everyone thinks the change. Oh, she was brilliant in The Changeling. She wasn't, in my opinion, that great in The Changeling or Girl Interrupted, which she won the Oscar for. But people, people kind of forget about stuff like The Bone Collector and the Tomb Raider films. Anyway, I'm gonna stop there because I don't. I'm not interested in Miss Jolie bashing. Um, I'll do that in my own private time. Um, no, really, I, I, I try to be good. I do watch, if you know, there's films of hers that are supposed to be good, I will watch them. I just, I just don't warm to her. Let's just say that. Okay, we've got uh, the new version of The Mummy, another reboot. Uh, it's got Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe in it. Tom Cruise is playing a Navy SEAL called Tyler Colt. If there wasn't a more American Navy SEAL name, and it's going to be directed by Alex Kurtzman, who did Now You See Me, which lots of people don't like. I kind of liked. <laughs> it's got its good points. Uh, that's going to be out on the 9th of June next year. They're doing a remake of Jumanji, which just sounds stupid. It's going to have Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart in it. I don't know why they've just decided now these two are like the comedy duo to go to. Um, the Jumanji remake is going to be out 28th of July 2017, and it just sounds a bit pointless. I'm not sure who's going to go see it. Dwayne Johnson fans, maybe. Right, now let's move on to reviews. Under documentaries, I've divided everything by subjects. That seems to make sense. Documentaries. I watched The Wolf Pack, finally, which um everybody goes on about because it's about this um group of boys who grew up in New York and they weren't allowed out. And so what they started doing was um making sort of their own films while acting out like Pulp Fiction and that, and it's amazing. They made all the props and the costumes. And this documentary comes in at a time when they have actually started uh, leaving the flat and living their own lives and then. But um, it it doesn't really it's it doesn't really get to the whole problem. I mean, the guys obviously have problems with their dad, and the thing is, you can't create this big battle there because their dad wasn't like some aggressive man who said you must stay inside. He was just very afraid of the outside world and you sort of. I guess wanted to protect them and they still have problems with him but it's um it was annoying the film because it focuses very much on the guys and this thing with their film and it's and their sister is completely forgotten about in the narrative of the film their mum is sort of paid attention to but her mum their mum seems like she's got much you know darker demons there like they never really got into this idea of what 
you know how that can affect your brain um constantly feeling maybe like you were in a film or the only way you could deal with the outside world is if you saw it as a film or pretended you were in a film there was a lot more there to discuss and i don't feel like it was discussed and i got a bit bored anyway moving on uh confessions of thomas quick is on netflix i was kind of excited about this because it's about a guy i think oh i can't remember if it's denmark or norway um this guy basically um confessed to the serial killing of all these um children and some adults and he then and the thing is then years later he recounted his confessions and this is the kind of the crux of the documentary what i guess sold on and it's just not that it's it's documentaries like this i don't like so much you know like with wolf pack they kind of take the story and like oh that's an interesting story let's just tell the interesting story the idea of actually going further into it and working out what the wider repercussions are and that it just felt a bit shallow it's interesting and it's, it's a netflix original so you can watch it on netflix if you want but it's not all that one documentary i did really love and um, past couple of weeks is packed in a trunk and i wrote a review of it for film inquiry and i shall put a little tag on this and i'm pointing down again i'm not on a youtube video i shall put it in the information under the part where you can see my voice coming out now um see my voice coming out you know what i mean anyway yeah, Packed in a Trunk is about an uh, author, author, artist called Edith Lake Wilkinson and her great niece is, she's the lady who wrote and executive produced Olive Kittredge, remember that miniseries that was on? And Edith was an artist and she was sent off to a mental asylum, never heard from again. And this lady, Jane Anderson, who made Olive Kittredge, her mum, who was, she's related to Edith through her dad's side, but her mum found all this artwork in the family attic and brought it all home, and Jane grew up with it, and she's basically on this mission to kind of create this legacy for her great-aunt. And it's a really lovely film, it really is. It's only available on demand at the moment. Um, if you want to see or interested in it, you know, you can look on IMDb Pack in a Trunk, but I will put the link to my review, which will have the link to the on-demand services. Right, let's move on to normal films. I put that in quotation marks. You can't see what I'm doing. I watched Morven Color, finally. It's been on my love film list for like an eternity. Morven Color is a Lynn Ramsey film and it's based on a book. I can't remember who the book is written by. But it's about this woman called Morven Color who gets home one night to discover her boyfriend has killed himself and he's left her his book saying like, can you send this to a publisher? <laughs> Which is very level-headed thinking for someone who's just about to kill themselves. But um, and I don't want to give too much away. But then the story is about what happened. She basically passes off the book as her own, and then she goes on this voyage of self-discovery. That's the way the film is sold. But you kind of never really understand what's going through her head. But the direction, Lynn Ramsey's direction on it, is amazing. Just the way it looks and the kind of atmosphere of it. It's a shame the sort of script wasn't richer, I suppose. But it's still, you know, it's a very good film. I also watched Belle, which came out a few years ago, and it's based on the true story of this um, biracial woman who is the daughter of a slave and an aristocrat. And I thought it'd be this great kind of interesting story, but they kind of mess around with the history quite a lot, and I didn't like the direction in it. It was very, um, it was all very kind of polite and it just kind of played around with what really happened, which always bugs me. But yeah, it was just all very kind of genteel and quiet and like 
and then there's people going oh we don't accept it oh we accept it and it's like oh it just it just didn't really have any impact and um, which is a shame because films written by and directed by and starring black women are very few and far between i watched the lobster which i'd been looking forward to for ages because i missed it last year and it's um colin farrell rachel vice and it's this i think it's a world maybe it's the whole world that's what it's supposed to be or is maybe just the people who go into this place it was a bit unclear basically when people get sort of dumped or divorced or something they get sent off to this um sort of hotel somewhere and they're basically got 45 days to find a partner or they get turned into an animal of their choice and it's a lot it kind of philosophizes about the desperation of people not to be lonely and stuff like that or the desperation not to be turned into an animal maybe i don't know but it's um it's a great metaphor for people in relationships and how people pretend things about themselves so as not to be lonely um it's a very interesting film but it didn't really like i felt like it could have had a lot more depth to it it's still interesting though i usually say that a lot don't i it's not great but it's interesting but it was i watched the house on haunted hill 1959 version which i really like and i had a copy years ago and i lent it to someone and they didn't give it back so i bought it again um and it's such a good it's a vincent price horror and it's great because it's very kind of old school there's a lot of screaming there's one woman in it and all she does is go around and scream at things but it's i love those vincent price films the original house of wax as well is good because there's enough kind of creepy stuff in it but there's enough stuff that's like a little bit like well that's slightly unbelievable <laughs> but it's good they're good fun it's a shame with the house on haunted hill that it isn't um wasn't a bit longer it was only like an hour and 15 minutes I think I explained this to you before. Uh, the House on Haunted Hill 1959, very good. The recent remake with Tay Diggs and a bunch of other people, that's quite good as well. The Haunting original, which I think is 1963, also very good. The remake of The Haunting with Liam Neeson, not very good. So just avoid the most recent The Haunting. It doesn't help because The Haunting is based on a book called The Haunting of Hill House. So yeah, that's the confusion. I think I've said all this before, though. I'm probably just repeating myself. Anyway, let's get on to the cinema. And I went to see Captain America Civil War, and it was awesome. It was awesome in all the ways a film with two fighting superheroes should be awesome. Batman and Superman, take note. It's really great. It's got this great undercurrent of like um, friendship and what it means to disagree with someone but seeing both sides of the argument. And knowing you kind of have to stand by what you believe in to protect people that you feel guilt about or ashamed about. And it's all really kind of complex. And what was really great is there's a great evenness of characters. I mean, you've got a big pile of white men, as usual. But you've got a pile of black actors. And then you've got a couple of women, literally a couple of women. And Daniel Brawl is in it is the kind of bad guy. And I love Daniel Brawl and I didn't realise he was going to be in it. So that was nice. But it's all just really... Um, sound you know the the story and the argument in it and how they fight and why they fight and it's just it's a brilliant film I gotta say I think it's it's the best film Marvel have ever made and I was hugely surprised by it someone for some reason mouthed off and said it was three hours long and I didn't think to double check and I went to see it and it was two hours in and I was like oh excellent there's a whole other hour and then the film just stopped and I was like oh well then but it was really great. If you're having any qualms about seeing it, go and see it because it is awesome. 
Yesterday I went to see Florence Foster Jenkins, which is about a real woman that lived in New York in the 1940s, and it's Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant's in it, and Simon Helby out of um, Big Bang Theory. And it's really lovely, it's about this lady who wanted to be a singer and she was a really awful singer. And it's great because all the people in it have got such good hearts and they're so charming and it's all about the sort of nice things you'll do for someone who's nice, you know, it's it's really quite lovely and it's got this nice kind of 40s vibe to it. I mean, I thought I would like it, but I was pleasantly surprised by how nice it was. Um, and Simon Helberg, he really is really lovely in it and he's got a great kind of comedy knack but at the same time it's really it's nice to see him playing something other than Howie um but it's a really lovely film and if you're interested at all that is out of the cinema now which brings us on to cinema releases um so yeah Captain America and Florence Foster Jenkins both very good Zootropolis and Eddie the Eagle are both still out I saw The Light which is the Hank Williams biopic with Tom Hiddleston is supposedly out now. I don't know where it is. This is the biopic that was supposed to be out last autumn. But they said, oh no, Tom's busy with like Crimson Peak, peak stuff. Peak stuff? Peak stuff. And then they were going to put it on in February and they moved it again. And the reason they keep moving it is because it wasn't getting very good reviews. And they think we might just forget that it wasn't getting very good reviews. Um, but if you like Hiddledy, you know, why not? I'll probably see it at some point if I can. It's out there somewhere. I don't know where. The Jungle Book is still out. Bad Neighbours 2 just came out. Demolition, which is um, Jake Gyllenhaal as a widower. An Eye in the Sky, which is Helen Mirren and um, Jesse out of Breaking Bad with drones. Um, they're all out. I haven't seen any of them. I did kind of like the first Bad Neighbours, not because of all the stuff with Zac Efron, because Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen are brilliant in it. Rose Byrne especially. There's a fantastic bit where he's like... Um, you're supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to be the crazy guy. You're supposed to let me go off and be crazy and then you've got to, like, fix everything. And she's like, why don't I get to have all the fun and that? And it's a fantastic speech and I keep trying to find it on YouTube. I should probably just rent the DVD and make a little video of it. It's such a great speech. It's basically like, why don't women get to have all the fun in these movies? Um, So those are the films that are out. Um, coming out this Friday, the Friday the 13th of May, is Our Kind of Traitor, which is an adaptation of a Le Carre novel with uh, Damien Lewis and Uma McGregor. Green Room, which has got Patrick Stewart and Anton Yelchin in it, and it's about a band that kind of stumble into this place and get into a gang fight, something like that. A Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which is about uh, based on a true story about a journalist, an American journalist who went to Iraq, I think, and it's a comedy and it's got Tina Fey and Martin Freeman in it. Um, the Angry Birds film is coming out, which I may or may not see. I don't know. And also this Friday, we've got Everybody Wants Some, which is Richard Linklater's newest film. I love Richard Linklater. And I think everybody's been watching it because they've all seen Boyhood. And it's like, oh, you know, I know what Richard Linklater does. Um, Richard Linklater doesn't usually kind of quieter films. Boyhood was a bit of a big sort of, well, it wasn't certainly wasn't a blockbuster. But um, it's good now that he's at least getting a bit more press for what he does. And I love, I've love i written so much about Richard Linklater. I do love him. He's one of my favourite directors. So I will try and go and see that. Um, out on the 18th of May next week is X-Men Apocalypse. 
I do like these rebooted X-Men. I mean, I like Hugh Jackman, but all those original X-Men with like Jason Marsden and um, Famke Janssen, Famke Janssen, yeah. That just mm, didn't really do it for me. It was just a bit like, eh. Um, also out in a couple of weeks, actually after our next podcast, but just so you know, Alice Through the Looking Glass is out on the 27th of May, and then Money Monster, which stars George Clooney and Julia Roberts and is directed by Judy Foster, that's going to be out on the 27th of May as well. And it's about a guy who breaks into like um, a news channel's uh, financial show and kind of holds them at gunpoint until he gets reasons for like why the recession happened. Which is a good idea as a film. Okay, my recommended film for the fortnight. Because I've been watching a lot of good documentaries and I've been thinking a lot about um, documentaries about women who are artists. I mean, Packed in a Trunk, Finding Vivian Mayer is also a brilliant film. Dreams of a Life, even though she wasn't an artist, there's still something about that story. I think I like a good mystery. Her Master's Voice was written, uh, well, made by uh, Nina Conti, the ventriloquist. And it's all about her mentor, ventriloquist mentor, dying. And she takes his puppets to a place called Venthaven, which is this place where um, the ventriloquists of, the dummies of dead ventriloquists go to live slash creep people out. And she decides to go while there's a, a convention on in this kind of central area for ventriloquists. But it's great because if you don't know Nina Conti, she's very funny. She's a stand-up comedian, but she always has this little um, monkey, she calls him, her puppet. Well, he's not a puppet, he's a monkey. As you will, in the film, you it's a really lovely story. It's, it's so much more than anything you can imagine because monkey, what her mentor meant to her and what monkey means to her, it goes so much deeper than you can imagine. And Nina is very honest with the camera. And it's just, it's really kind of heartbreaking and really lovely. Um, it's called Her Master's Voice, A Ventriloquist's Journey. Um, you can't get it on the streaming services, but you can get it on DVD. And I highly recommend it because it's just one of my favourite films. I think it's fantastic. Okay, discussion this week is something I've entitled In Possession of DVDs. I don't have any DVDs. Well, I have a few. <laughs> well, I have a few hundred. But um, it's always bothered me, this idea of people... Mainly guys, they kind of proffer up their um, their DVD collections as examples of how much they know about film. And it's become like almost like a device, something people use to say, this is how much more I know than you. And it's really bugging me. <laughs> it's really bugging me. And Criterion Films now are starting to sell DVDs in the UK, which apparently is a big deal. And I don't have anything against people getting these DVDs and they like them, Criterion especially, they have all these extras and artwork and that. But there's this strange thing that people have this idea about ownership, owning a copy of the film, like owning some kind of evidence that you've seen that film. And it's um it's weird. I used to work, I'll tell you what happened with me, I grew up with um, VHS, so I had a big video collection, I went off to uni, actually I didn't, when I got to uni I realised it wasn't that big a video collection, and of course format changed then when I was studying, and I moved over to DVDs, so for, you'd think I'm older than most people I know writing about film, you'd think I'd have bigger DVD collections, but because all the films I own from, you know, the first 20 years of my life were on VHS, and uh, not so much. And basically I ended up working at a DVD store and I bought too many DVDs and I sort of sold them on and I thought I don't need to 
owned so many I just need to watch them and then a few years after that my house got broken into on Boxing Day and they stole a big pile of my DVDs basically a big pile of box sets um, mainly TV ones actually and I came to this idea that I thought you know what I don't owning these things is just so I can't possibly own a long time before that I realized I couldn't possibly own all the films I watched and there was no point in owning them it didn't really mean anything what meant something was actually watching the films and um so I decided to just put money into in future like put money into sort of experiences rather than objects and so I only own now like a few hundred DVDs but then I use I've got two streaming services I use Netflix I use Amazon I've got I get films from Love Film which I am thinking about giving up I'm starting to trial with a new company because Love Film you know when I was in uni these DVD rental companies started and there was originally Screen Select which was awesome and there was a couple of other companies one called DVDs 365 and Love Film and I think there was another one I can't remember the name though and what happened is I stayed with Screen Select for a long time because Love Film was pants. Um, DVD, I think Love Film bought out DVDs 365 and then quite a few years later Love Film bought out Screen Select. So I went over to Blockbuster DVD and then Blockbuster DVD went under and also they couldn't, um, just before they went under, I realised I couldn't get many rare films from them. So I went back to Love Film and I thought actually it works a lot like Screen Select used to. But now I'm realising since Amazon have got Love Film and they've separated out Love Film into something called Amazon Player and they've uh, they they took the price the price was fine and then they decided to up it to something it was years ago because now they're adding in all this stuff we can watch online and it's it's all got a bit complicated and they never have the DVDs like I said about Morvin Carla that's been on my film list for years with Love Film Rat Catcher another Lynn Ramsey film that's been on there for five or six years Kez has been on there since the dawn of time and it's really annoying me now because the DVDs I want to get are sort of it's weird we think we have you know we have access we have all these streaming services and DVD rental things but because all the competition has gone out of it we're actually quite constricted by what we can see unless we're willing to buy it so I can kind of see why people would just buy DVDs because then at least you sort of have them and then people you know make mistakes people bring things into the charity shops people th sell things on but there's this whole kind of crisis in my mind about I know it doesn't mean much to you it means a lot to me because it's all about people having access to films and it means people who can't afford to buy the DVDs not being able to access and there's so many films so many films we don't even think about made in like um, classical Hollywood heyday films even being made now that can't get distribution deals so much is inaccessible to us and it's still very annoying that it's become this kind of mindscape of things about rights and access and I sort of don't know what to do about it. It drives me crazy that people feel like need... I mean I wouldn't stop myself from getting a DVD because I wouldn't want to be like those people but at the same time I don't have the money to do it and it's almost creating some kind of class divide basically if you've got the money and you can afford the DVD collections you can have access to all the kind of more obscure films and um, rarer films and you know not all the films but a lot of them whereas everybody else were kind of restricted and it seems like a great shame
you know, for such a de- democratic subject area, there's so much is off limits to me anyway. I mean, I try so hard, but there's so much stuff out there that we can't get to. And nobody else minds. Everybody just cares about the next Marvel film. But to me, it's all about finding new stories to watch. And um, when people complain about Netflix, I've got to say Netflix have actually been doing quite well for us. But um, yeah, it's you know, the lack of competition in the market for DVD rental and everything is just getting worse. And and the fact that everybody shows off about their DVD collections all the time, <laughs> the DVDs they don't watch, it just seems like it should all be a bit more democratic. Maybe all the people who've got big DVD collections should start renting them out. <laughs> I don't know. All I do know is that this is making life difficult for people like me anyway. But then, you know, we've got so much to be thankful for. There was a time when the only way you could see a film was to go to the cinema. So we should be grateful for what we've got. But at the same time, it's becoming a problem. And back to the subject, those people who, you know, use their massive DVD collections as kind of examples of how many films they've watched or how much they know about films. I never get that. I think the next person who says that, I'm just going to say, you realise that just is an indicator that you have more money than me, not that you know more about film. It's very fighty, the film world. Oh, it's very fighty indeed. Who knows more than who? Yeah, who cares indeed. Anyway, that's all I have to talk about for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Um, If you want to recommend anything to me, I do invite recommendations, so don't be shy. Um, You can find me at Julia Joy Film on Twitter. I shall put the link to my Florence Foster Jenkins review when it comes out in the information, along with the Packed in a Trunk review. And thank you very much for your time, and I hope the weather picks up for you. Otherwise, just stay inside and enjoy movies and go and see Captain America because it's awesome.